Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by WE20 keynote speaker and Senior Vice President of Supply Chain at PepsiCo Foods North America, Laura Maxwell. In her role, Laura leads the North American field and headquarters supply chain teams, whose priorities include supporting the growth agenda, productivity, quality, food safety, and environmental health and safety. She assumed her role in February 2020. Laura joined Frito-Lay in 1989 as an operations resource where she spent 17 years in field manufacturing roles prior to coming to Frito-Lay headquarters. In addition to her current role, Laura serves as the executive sponsor for Frito-Lay's employee resource groups, or ERGs, providing strategic oversight and guidance to the 10 ERGs. Laura's commitment to achieving remarkable business results while advancing diversity and engagement earned her the 2020 Global Steve Reinemond Leadership Legacy Award for PepsiCo Foods North America. Laura holds a degree in industrial engineering from Iowa State University. Thanks for joining us today, Laura. Heather, it's great to be here. Why don't you walk us through your academic and professional accomplishments? I already mentioned that you went to school at Iowa State, but how did your studies influence your career path? Sure, I'm happy to. So yes, um, I've been with PepsiCo for 31 years and literally graduated from engineering school on a Saturday and started work on a Monday. It was one of those things. Um, I went to Iowa State and, you know, I would say uh, no surprise back then, not many women were in engineering. As I think back to those times, you know, I felt different as I watched you know, many of my friends drop out of the engineering programs for other degrees. You know, you'd, you'd be just in a classroom or in a class project and you just felt like you sort of weren't like everyone else. Um, I ended up when I left Iowa State, uh, starting, as I said, with Frito-Lay, I was a plant engineer at one of um, our small sites and it was an amazing learning ground. I love being in the field. Um, in fact, I would tell you that if you had told me back in my high school or even college days that I would love working in a factory, that that would be sort of my fate and ultimately that I would uh, be a manufacturing director of my own large site. I, there's no way I would have believed it. But, you know, those those were things that we did. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story too, just along the, the journey. If I think back to accomplishments, obviously from a professional standpoint, I'm very proud of what I've done. But I, I would also say I'm proud of the fact that, um, you know, I had family along the way and um, a, a funny story. When I was nine months pregnant with my second child working in Topeka, Kansas, my goal at the time was to have my own manufacturing site, be a plant manager, so to speak. We called it manufacturing site director. And that was really the objective. I thought, wow, it'd be so awesome to just, you know, drive up to a building and know that you were responsible for everything going on inside. Anyway, 
So I was nine months pregnant with my second child and I had the opportunity to go actually have my own site. And I was in Kansas at the time. The plant was in California. We couldn't travel. I couldn't see it. I'd never been there, but I have a very supportive and adventurous husband. We got on the internet, we saw palm trees and we said, let's go. And I would just say that that role was a turning point probably professionally for me because I loved it. And it gave me the confidence to believe that I could actually lead something large and complex. That's fantastic. What are your professional goals as senior vice president at PepsiCo? What changes would you like to see happen over the course of your time there? You know, if I look back, when I, when I think about professional goals, first of all, I kind of smile a little bit at where I am versus and what I do versus what I thought. Again, I go back to those early years. I loved sort of being a pure engineer, the idea that although I would work with contractors and a lot of people in the plant, my work sort of was just my work. I didn't have a team. Um, I executed projects. In fact, in those early years, I told myself, I never want to have people work for me. I want to be able to just do my own thing. And it's so funny how I think, like so many people, things change over the years. You know, a little bit of nudging from people that said, hey, you should try leading people. I think you might like it. And of course, today, I absolutely love it. So from a goal standpoint, I mean, I'm at a point in my career, to be honest with you, where I think less about my own career and more about the career of others. I have a lot of fun thinking about talent management. And to be honest with you, in the food and beverage industry, one of the things that's become kind of a recent passion point for me, especially this year, you know, this year, the supply chain has become a phrase that more and more people are using. And certainly food and beverage, I think, has kind of made the map. Um, as an essential business. And we're still kind of an industry that people think of as low tech. And the truth is we have automation, we have robotics, we have analytics, uh, we use artificial intelligence. There's a lot of really cool stuff in the food and beverage industry. And so I would say that my passion, um, along with wanting to ensure that there's diversity in leadership, is also just this passion for the industry and bringing some excitement to it. Very cool. You mentioned earlier that you were able to get that first plant manager role when you were nine months pregnant, but I imagine you have faced some obstacles as a woman in engineering. Um, can you describe some of them and how you overcame them? You know, I would love to say that it was easy to oftentimes be one of the only or one of the few, and we've made a lot of progress, and not just PepsiCo, right? We've made a lot of progress in general over the years, but You'll hear a little bit in my We20 talk that I am going to talk about just all the things that I've learned from other leaders, the notion of having confidence and sticking with it. Um, PepsiCo has been a great company to work for. They're very supportive of changing the face of leadership in all areas, but especially in these technical fields where we, we have a harder time attracting women. And I think that this notion of confidence is probably one of the biggest things that I had to overcome. Um, it was my own head was as much my issue as anything. And, you know, I'll give you another story. It, you know, it's, it's, I always tell people, sometimes it's not these big, huge things, it's little things and they can add up. So back when, as an example, I had my own plant, I would get every once in a while these emails or voicemails that had kind of an assumption behind them. And I'll give you an example um, so I, I remember getting this voicemail that said, hi, Laura, I'm hoping to set up a meeting with the plant manager. If you could let me know any openings he might have in his schedule, that would be great. And that was 
at a time when I was the plant manager. And so you have to laugh about that, but you also just don't forget those things. And to tell you the truth, you get a call like that and it's a bad day, you know, you, you can be tempted to say, okay, I just don't belong here. So I honestly think that that's one of our biggest issues to overcome is all these little things that sort of can add up to decisions that we don't want people to make. And so in my We 20 talk, I am going to kind of address this, this whole area of self-doubt. Job one, you have to stay and let that doubt become your fuel that helps you move forward. Absolutely. Um, How did developing and focusing on your own personal leadership style help propel your career? You know, this notion of style is one that I go back to. If you look around and you're one of the only or one of the few, oftentimes what comes with that is also seeing styles that are unlike yours. And so you start to question your own style a little bit. This is a conversation I have a lot with women. And the reality is now as a leader, that's the very thing I want in a room, right? I want a room full of leaders that are diverse, number one, that bring different styles, that have different passion points, because collectively, I know that we're going to be a better leadership team with better outcomes. But that's hard if you're, on, if you're the person who's sitting in the seat of feeling like my style isn't like everyone else's. So I'm a big believer that it takes a lot of energy to be somebody other than who you are. Um, and so I always encourage women, look, be yourself. You are perfect, whoever that is. And your style may not be the same as everyone else's. Yes, obviously, you want to make a difference. You want to be decisive. You want to have impact. So you have to ensure all those things. But ultimately, don't change who you are. And I'll tell you another quick story. Um, there was a time in my career when I really was questioning my style. I just was a question. I, I knew it was different than others. And I happened to get some feedback from a manager who said, you know, I think you're too soft. I think you are too soft and that's a problem for you. And this is coming from someone whose style was definitely more one where, you know, in a room you would feel kind of called out or you'd feel like, whew, you knew, you knew where you stood even publicly. And, and I used, and I remember at the time getting that feedback and thinking, I don't know that I really agree with that. I think I'm effective. I think I hold people accountable. It's a little bit more behind closed doors, but I tried on for size what he was saying, and I candidly became something that I'm not, and it wasn't effective. And thank goodness for a brave manager that worked for me that, that approached me and said, you know, people are kind of wondering what's happened to you. You've changed a lot. And I thought, you're right. And I can't do that. It's taking energy. I'm not effective. At the end of the day, I just have to be myself. So in terms of style, I think this is a big conversation that we need to continue to have with women. And it starts with, yes, there are things that you may need to do to become more effective, but at the end of the day, bring your authentic self to work. Be who you are. Don't change. Absolutely. You mentioned that you're one of We20's keynote speakers, and so did I, and we're very excited about that. And also um, talked a little bit on your topic of leveraging doubt to fuel your ambitions and career, but can you give us a little tease on, on something you've done personally? Absolutely. So first of all, I'm super excited to be a part of We20. It is going to be a fantastic year. Um, I think that we have the opportunity to bring in even more participation with the way in which we're doing it. So I'm super excited. And me too. I, I, <laughs> I've talked to- <laughs> I, I 100% agree with that. You I probably think it's going to be our most diverse and and uh, accessible conference we've ever had. So. It is for sure. And I'll tell you a couple of things I've talked about. I know that 
they're common for women to talk about, but I almost feel like we just can't talk about them enough. And you know, Heather, women in engineering, we've made some progress over the years, but we still have a long ways to go. So I'm going to address this issue of self-doubt head on. It's something that over the years I've you know, learned. It's not that it goes away, but you learn to do things differently with it. You learn how to approach it differently. So I'm going to talk about self-doubt. I'm going to talk about some of the things that I think that we can all do to help ourselves. And, you know, then I'm, we're going to have some fun too. Um, we're going to talk about risk-taking because I believe that taking risks can be something that actually fuels confidence. Um, it's a little bit counterintuitive, but we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about not just my work life and how I've taken risks, but in these later years, even on a personal note, um, I will tell you that it's going to sound a little crazy, but I started on a fitness journey a few years ago that eventually led me to become a competitive boxer. And um, you would be surprised the similarities between a boxing ring and corporate life. And so we're going to have some fun talking about the parallels. I think that we all have things outside of work that sort of draw parallels to our work life. And I'm going to share those with the audience. I can't wait. Um, you did mention a little bit about what you're what you do outside of work now, but what does a healthy work-life balance look like to you and how has personally defining that helped you find success and happiness? You know, Heather, I'm glad you asked me that question because this is something that sometimes I think, oh, I always talk about work-life balance. No one really wants to hear that anymore. But the reality is if I address college students, even if I address high school students, this comes up from women. So I know it's on their mind and it's on their mind from a very young age. It's just something that they think about as they look forward, they wonder, can I do it? And then you get in the middle of it and you think, you know, can I really do all the things that I want to do that oftentimes includes family, et cetera. So I know that work-life balance is an important topic and it's one that we have to keep talking about. I will tell you for me in the last um, several years, I've taken on kind of a, my to-do when the work-life balance is to is to do the following. Every year, I just sort of say to myself, what one thing, and maybe it's more than one, but even if it's just one thing, if at the end of this year, if I do this and it has nothing to do with work, I'll be satisfied. I'll feel kind of balanced. I think that for me, it's never been about counting hours because I think more than often than not, I'd probably disappoint myself if I set some hours goal. It's more about what is it that I can do that brings me some peace and some balance. So I'll give you an example. The year that um, my oldest daughter was going to be hunting for colleges. So she's a senior. She's going to be hunting for colleges. I went to my manager and I said, hey, this year, I want to be the parent that takes her all over the country, you know, on college visits. And if I do that, I think I'm going to feel like this was a year of balance. And so I did that. And we had a great time. I took the days off that I needed to go be able to support that. And it's true. At the end of that year, I'm sure my house was a mess. I'm sure there were things that were disorganized in my life. But I had done that and the sense of peace, the sense of balance, the fact that I had been able to do something that was important to me, that I had fun in, that was one thing really made a difference. And so I think, you know, even today, every year I ask myself, what will balance look like if I do X? And so that's kind of the way I think about it. I think that'll be helpful. Um, speaking of being helpful to others, what parting advice or words of wisdom would you like to leave with new or future women engineers? Maybe what do you wish you'd known when your career was just beginning? You know, Heather, I think that um, as, you know, as we've said, and I know that we'll, we'll talk about this a lot in the conference, we've come a long way, but we still have a long ways to go. And I think that even today, I recognize that women enter fields, they enter rooms, they enter college curriculums, 
and they feel like they're alone or they feel like they're one of the few. And that can be challenging because if when you do that, if all of a sudden you feel like that's kind of the mindset, this mindset of I'm alone, um, I think the best thing we can do is sort of flip the mindset a bit to say, you may be alone, but you're also a pioneer. If you think of yourself as sort of pioneering on this journey that we're on to increase diversity, um, I think that that frames it differently. And to know that just like women are looking up maybe to other women in their organizations or in industry as being you know, pioneers for them, the women entering the field today are pioneers for those that follow them. And I just think that my piece of advice is think of yourself that way, um, stick with it, and then find other pioneers. You know, I'm so appreciative of organizations like SWE that allow people to do just that. Absolutely. Here, here. Laura, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I'm really looking forward to your We20 keynote, and I know our listeners are as well. Heather, I'm so excited about it. Thank you. To our listeners, if you haven't already made plans to attend our We20 conference, register today and prepare to practice curiosity from the comfort of home. This year's all-virtual conference includes all the great opportunities of years past, but in a safe, fun, and interactive digital landscape. Learn more and register today at we20.swe.org. I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening.